Procrastinating, a term most often used by the millennial generation, is a method of putting something off, delaying, or postponing something by taking part in the act of baking. Welcome to Procrastibaking, a place to talk about our baking obsessions and avoid doing everything else. Coming to you from Southern California, I'm Louisa. And from Eastern North Carolina, I'm Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hi, what's new? Um, what is new? Okay, I have some updates with my baking with kids journey. Oh, yeah? With Glau. Yes. So I tried to get her involved with the most recent thing that I made which was probably not the smartest because it was kind of technically sensitive. And so I didn't really have much for her to do, but she did ask me for sprinkles, but I'm finding that a lot of the, the appeal for her to help me with baking is because she thinks she gets to eat handfuls of sprinkles every time. Ah. (laughs) Like she thinks sprinkles is always a part of the recipe. That's so Even cute, but we're going to have to have a talk because sprinkles are not that tasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so bland. I think it's more just like the whole experience, like the colors. The color, and yes. I think I told you this before, but the first time I ever did a little baking activity with sprinkles with her, we made cookies. Um, I made a sound effect, like I picked up a bunch and I was like, do, 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 as I was putting them on the cookie. So now she insists that's part of the whole experience. Like I give her the sprinkles. She wants them in these little, um, these little mini cups that she has. And (laughs) then she does the sound effect as she like sprinkles them into her mouth. And it is like the cutest thing. Yeah. But it just makes a big mess. (laughs) They like are all over the floor. Um, And yeah, you're right. They, They really aren't that tasty, but for her, they're like the best thing ever. So that's been funny and I'm trying to I think she's at the point where she could use like a toddler safe knife I hate to even call it a knife because it's not a knife yes I've been wanting to get her one (laughs) yeah so I think she's there I think she's got enough you know motor coordination to use one and um it's hard because at this age they're like I'm realizing just how picky they are with food and so I've seen that on a couple of feeding accounts like get them involved in the kitchen with food prep so that they're more willing to try new food so I think I'm gonna try that um and then I had a question for you because I just acquired a mini bunt cake pan um not that I have room or the need for more pans but here we go (laughs) I really wanted one for one of the the bakes that we made for I think next episode um but what else besides bunt cakes like what else can I use it for I want to like make um, it a multi-purpose so I don't know really but I do know one thing um that ha- because I think if I made this I would make it in a butt pan instead of buying the specialty pan board it's a the google hopf cake it's a german oh. it's like the german bun cake kind of but they have oh. a special pan um for it so but it looks similar to a butt pan I think you could totally use those I just googled it yeah you're right I'm surprised that Google know what I was looking up because I just guessed on the spelling. Okay, cool. I guess I could also make like Jello, right? But I don't make Jello, so 
<laughs> it's like I yeah, could, but why? <laughs> and then um, I think it might be similar to a rum baba, but a sabaran. Like, I think the difference is the shape. I think a baba is like up and down, like t- like ramekin size or, you know, shape. Um, and then sabaran is like a ring shape more often. Interesting. Um, with cream and fruit. So I think you could probably... You're right. This looks like a wider rum baba. Yeah. Yeah. Wider. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't study writing in school. No worries. (laughs) It's late. It's late for, well, it's really late for you. It's only somewhat late for me. (laughs) That's what happens. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that's good. Those are some good ideas. Um, Okay. So make a bunt cake. I made a really good, um, in the mini ones, they were really popular um, olive oil cakes with oh. like orange. I forget which one. I think it was probably orange. Um, I made them as a gift for someone and like made six of them and put them in a little box and she like went nuts. So That sounds really good. Yes. Okay. I will take that idea. <laughs> Sorry, um... I think you're about to say something else and I cut you off. No, no, you're good. It, it was about your ever-growing cookbook collection I want to know yes so I told you like last season that I pre-ordered 100 morning treats but it's here it showed up on my doorstep last week how exciting I've gone through it and bookmarked it I honestly I'm a little bit disappointed there's a lot of quick bread and butt cake (laughs) recipes in there um, I'm like, I don't, you're not a bump. No. So, and I don't think of that as breakfast. I guess people do think of bun cake as breakfast. For me, bun cake is breakfast when there's nothing else to eat for breakfast. Um, It's not what I make for breakfast. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably also culturally dependent because I know in Latin America, like bun cakes and just cakes in general are breakfast, but I get what you're saying. Like American style, we're used to more like savory or muffins or yeah yeah like a like something with cheese in it like a yeah a cheesy biscuit or I was just not... hoping for more pastries I think in general yeah to be honest when I saw her announce that the the morning treats it just didn't have quite enough of an appeal to me like I didn't it wasn't um intriguing enough for me that to me for me to be like oh I need that book as a part of my collection does that make sense like maybe I (laughs) might borrow it from the library but (laughs) yeah exactly I was like I'll just borrow it from Rachel (laughs) or have her send me any recipes so and I love her I just um I just don't know that this personally was for me um so it's interesting to hear your feedback too yeah yeah um what are some things that you did bookmark out of it though I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, so she has a buttermilk cinnamon roll since we're on the cinnamon roll quest. So I want to try that to see if that makes a difference. Cool. I also, there was a, um, okay, so there were two more things. Um, one is on the savory side, which at first I was disappointed because I'm like, this is not really a baking recipe. I mean, you do bake it, um, but it's a sheet pan breakfast. So it's. Um, so once I read more of it, I was like, okay, I can get more excited about this. It's Danish dough, which I love. And then it's like, almost made like a breakfast pizza. Like you bake the dough and then top it with cheese and spinach and um, like over easy eggs. Okay. So that looks good. 
And then I want to try, I've not tried croissants, um, but she's got in here how to modify the dough to make them into buns, croissant buns for sandwich at breakfast sandwiches. So I think if I do try croissants, <laughs> I'll be tempted to make her bun you've version never, of them. You've never made croissants? No, you're our only croissant hero. What? I thought I just created a false memory <laughs> of us doing croissants, but I thought you had made them from like rough puff. Oh, the German, um, there was the German bake that was croissant like, but it was like a pinch, you know, you kind of pinched it to look like a snail or a butterfly or something. Oh, right. Yeah. I made those, but I think that dough was a little different. It was more like Danish dough, I think. But no, I've made like the Milfoy, but I made that with store-bought pastry dough. So, mm, Okay. Well, 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 it is time for you to make croissants. This is long overdue. I know. It's probably because I've traumatized you by talking about how hard of a time I've had. Well, so I never liked croissants until we ate them at Republic, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're like, I feel like they're too stabby in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Theirs were flaky without being like pointy. So, yeah, I feel the same about, do you remember we went to Lodge when you were here? Yes. Yeah. Their baked goods tend to have stabby is a good oh good way to put it. <laughs> their croissants I think are they're like a little bit overdone for my taste. Mm, um, yes. Yeah. So it is tough to find a good place that's like you're not gonna cut the roof of your mouth eating it. I think though it's it's worth it's worth doing. That sounds like a good opportunity for you to try it. I think so. And, and um speaking of cookbooks though, I wanted to make sure we told everybody because we interviewed him. Jurgen's book is coming out. He's made his official announcement so we can all get excited and anxiously await his book tour dates. That is super exciting. Do you know when it's coming out? In the fall. Okay. I wonder if we could pre-order. You can pre-order. It's available on Amazon and other places too. (laughs) (laughs) Did you pre-order yours already? Not yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, that's one that I definitely want. I already yes. know I want it. So that is super exciting. So we'll give updates, I guess, as we hear more specifics about his book tour. Super cool. And I guess we can just keep rolling talking about books. Um, this season, we are reviving our Procrastinating Book Club and would love for you to read and bake along with us. This season's cookbook selection is Midwest Made by Shauna Seaver. Let's share what our cookbook selections were for this episode. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? Um, I can go first. Um, yeah. I like these. I wanted to love these. And I think they, if, if if it can be done, they can be better and they can. Anyway, let me explain. <laughs> Instead of just <laughs> rambling. So I made Buckeye Bars. And I, so my mom makes like Buckeyes at Christmas, which is like chocolate peanut butter, peanut butter balls dipped in chocolate. Mm-hmm. And then she also makes like peanut butter chocolate fudge, which is like a layer of peanut butter something and a layer of chocolate fudge. And so the Buckeye bars looked like that. And I was like, it's just going to taste like a Reese and a bar. And it does, except the texture is off because she has you in the um, peanut butter layer mixed in graham cracker crumbs. Oh, wow. Well, so you've got... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I don't, it messed with the flavor a little bit. And it also, for me, it messed with the texture. So I'm thinking if I could put the peanut butter maybe on top, then maybe yeah. you don't need the 
the stability? I don't know. I'll have to get my mom's fudge recipe because it doesn't have, I think it's got the peanut butter on the bottom and it doesn't have any kind of crackers or anything in it. And it holds just fine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you like the flavor, but the texture kind of affected the flavor quality. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, I was expecting like amazing and it was just good. So I, I would try them again with a tweak. With a tweak. Yeah. I'm noticing that's a bit of a trend so far. Like, um, I know you talked about like the, are they called the back to school special cookies? Yes. Which I know you were not a big fan of. And I can't remember if you said that was tweakable or not. Um, I'm not sure. I I would try it without the cream of tartar and see if that makes the difference. Yeah. And then I had similar thoughts to that cherry slab pie that I made. I thought like the Chinese five spice that she called for was, it was just too much. Um, so that I thought about that pie this weekend. I Did you? I was trying to decide what to make next for our next one. And so I was flipping through and I wonder if that pie would be good with like just cardamom as the spice instead of the five spice. Yes, for sure. So that yeah. would be a cool way to tweak it for sure. That would work a lot better, I think. Yeah. So I guess that's helpful. Like we're encountering a lot of things that we already have ideas on how to make them a little more. I don't want to say better because I know it's like a personal preference thing, but better for our palates anyway, right? Yes. Like the bacon hours, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yes. There you go. Ooh. Okay, cool. How many bars did you get out of your recipe? They were big bars. You know what? I don't know that I counted them. Um, I mean, I got That's a whole okay. plate, a whole plate of them, but they were pretty good size too. I guess it'd be weird to like exactly count how many well so if I'm go like if I need them for something I will to make sure party yeah yeah I was just making them to make them so I didn't worry about it (laughs) yeah I was just wondering how big like how many people they could serve um I think you could easily take them to a party yeah okay because you could always cut them smaller because you know sometimes there's like two desserts and you want a a bite of each yeah interesting I'm excited to hear about yours because it kind of surprised me that you picked this Right. I like hate oats usually, <laughs> but I was open to it. The, you know, what sold me is that it had Reese's pieces in it. And I like that. I like, <laughs> and I was like, I never get to, I never get to bake with this because I don't encounter anything that calls for it. And you should have seen Raul when I came home with the bag of it, he got so excited <laughs> And then I told him, I was like, these cookies are for my, um, my soldier box. And they were for a care package. And oh, they no. got really sad. <laughs> and then I told him that I would save him like four. And I also gave him the leftover candies that I didn't use. So, oh, well, that's fair. <laughs> we came to a, an agreement there. They're like his favorite candies. Um, Okay, so I don't like oats, but I was like, why not? And I think this actually worked. I think it's because the oats don't stand out as much among like the huge amount of peanut butter that's used to bind it all. (laughs) So you get a little bit of oat texture and flavor, but it's not the star. So I like that. The peanut butter is the star. And I liked just how fun they looked with the contrast of like the colorful Reese's candies and the chocolate chips. Um, and they were sturdy, but not like crunchy, which I liked. So they were good to ship. 
and they were yummy. I would make them again. I would add it into my regular rotation. Um, and I got good feedback from my friend Kit because I sent her uh, a bag of them. And out of the three things that I sent her, this is the one that she highlighted. She's like the monster cookies are super good. So that nice. was cool. yeah, so I enjoyed them. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I was trying to decide. I feel like her cookie recipes are pretty good. So for my next one, maybe I'll just stick to that theme, but stick to cookies stick to cookies um but I don't know do you have an idea of what you want to make for your next one I kind of want to make the monkey bread did you did you make it no I have not but I remember we talked about it when you came we saw it in a bakery and we were talking about it yeah that would be fun yeah I think my coworkers would like that one yeah it's funny how you like you start baking for other people's preferences because that was another thing I thought of. I was like, a lot of people do like oats and Kit likes oats. <laughs> oh, oats it is. <laughs> and that's a good one for your soldier, I think, with the, the candy in it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so. They can sit back and eat your cookies and think about the first time they saw E.T. <laughs> yeah, it's nostalgic. I wonder if that's why Raul likes the candy so much. <laughs> he loves E.T. So, it's a nostalgia. Always nostalgia. Most baked goods are better with coffee, so grab yourself a cup of joe and settle in for some baking news. Okay, Rachel, this is a really interesting story. Out of New Hampshire. <laughs> I felt like that was very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> New Hampshire. I guess it's just funny because it's so small. I'm like, why yeah, is there so much drama? And not only correspondent in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> Our baking correspondent. Um Not only, yeah, it's just a tiny town in a little state, and they're battling it out over this mural that is above the bakery. So um, I think the bakery is Levitt Bakery, and they have this mural. I put the picture in here, Rachel, so you could see what I'm talking about. A really cool-looking mural that is supposed to be um, representative of, like, the mountain range in New Hampshire, but it's created out of baked goods. So um, there's like donuts and muffins and I think a croissant and it looks really cool. And apparently it was painted by high school students in the community. Uh, The problem is, is it's very large. And so there are like zoning rules about how big signs can be. And so it exceeds those rules. And so the bakery owner is in a legal battle with the zoning board because they're claiming that the mural is so big it's it should be considered advertising and not artwork and I think that's the key to why it's it's like breaking the rules apparently if the mural had like a different kind of painting like they said if it had actual mountains or if the sign was not over a bakery like not advertising, I guess it would be. Okay. I wonder if they could move it. Like, could they move it to the back of the building? Like, do you remember when we went to the beach? There were all those cool murals. Yes. Yes. Relocated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was interesting. It was like on the side, right? Like, um... yeah, they were like on the side or like parking lot sides of the buildings. Mm-hmm. That is a good question. I don't know if that has been considered. Um. It's I just been escalated. Them, though. Like I'm looking at it. 
it I understand the students did it but it's the same colors as the bakery's like logo <laughs> if it was, wasn't that maybe you could sell that it's a mountain scene made out of pastries although yeah. in my head when I was looking at this before the episode I was like if they would made it look a more like a mountain scene it might get by because I did not see that it wasn't supposed to be mountains that like, is fair she, I did not either it, I could kind of imagine the mountains <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, like a more Candyland type scene or something where it's like clearly not just a row of desserts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I think about this. I think I was just amused by the whole, I don't know. Who I guess if you put it into, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like who had a problem with this? It's such like a, when I think about stereotypes of small towns and like, you guys are just looking for random stuff. I don't know. To be, I think it's pretty, and I I understand that there are like codes and laws, but at the end of the day, it's just like a painting of muffins and donuts, and I don't know. It doesn't have the bakery name on it. No, it's not going to keep us from like resolving world peace or anything. So I think (laughs) I think it's fine. But anyway, it's just maybe we'll give an update because it's an ongoing legal battle, apparently, um, because he's suing, saying it's a violation of his freedom of speech rights. So. We will see. We will see if they can come to some sort of consensus or or not. And they'll just have to go. But that is your baking news for today. Ta-da. <laughs> this season, we are going bake in time to revisit some vintage bakes. Let's discuss our time travel treats. Lou, you're up. Okay. I don't know how to say this. Let me see if I can find a pronunciation. I don't know how to say it either. I've, I pronounce it Anzac in my head, but I don't know if that's right. I think Anzac is is it. Okay. So I made Anzac biscuits. And these originate from, I saw both New Zealand and Australia. So I threw both of those in. And time frame wise, um, World War One. So I saw like 1915 to 1920-ish. And these were actually really cool because, um, first of all, I've seen them not all over the place, but I've seen it like trending on social media. Um, yeah, so I've, I've seen a couple of accounts that I follow posts about them. And so that caught my eye. Apparently, the name came from Australia, Australian and New Zealand Army Corps. So Anzac uh-huh. comes from that. And these cookies were really popular to send in care packages to um, soldiers during World World War One. And a main reason was because it didn't use eggs, and a lot of the ingredients were very shelf stable, so they were sturdy um, and would hold up when being sent. And these are the ingredients. So another oat cookie, if you can believe it. I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) Um, So the recipe has definitely changed over time, but the, the core ingredients were oats, butter, and syrup. Um, It calls for that golden syrup, which I know we used for goodness. What did we use it for? Yes. It was a British bake, wasn't it? Um, It was. I used Lyle's golden syrup, which is, (laughs) yeah. But what did we make? Oh, man. I wish I could remember. It'll come back to me later. Um. Anyway, so a recent in 
uh, addition was flaked coconut flakes. Um, so this is what mine had. And I actually really like these. Um, they're not like fussy cookies, which I like, you know, they're just, I guess I understand why they were so popular just sending care packages. Um, and they were a little bit on the crunchier side, which I enjoy too. I normally like a chewy cookie, but I didn't mind these crunchier. And I really liked the coconut flavor that came through. I know not everyone is a coconut fan, but for me, I liked having that addition. I think without the coconut, they would have been a little too bland, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but yeah, they were good. I, I was impressed. And I also sent these to my care package friends. So hopefully they enjoyed them. They sound good. I like oat cookies. I don't like oatmeal raisin cookies because they look like they should be chocolate chips. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think I would try these. Um, yeah, it's not fun when you think it's chocolate chip and it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you would like these too. Um, I feel like I was going to tell you something else about these cookies though. What? Louisa, do you have any more fun facts about these cookies? Do I? No. No, the only other, the only other thing I can kind of think of is that the chewy versus crunchy is like very, it's very like, um, it's a very important debate, apparently. Mm. And I also didn't realize that these are like very typical cookies that you find in all the grocery stores and all the bakeries and in New Zealand and Australia. There's just the, what would be our equivalent? Like a chocolate chip everywhere or a Snickers? Yeah, everywhere. although I've seen when I have um, looked at like m- m- recipes from an Australian magazine. Uh-huh. Sometimes, like, if it's a crust or something, they're like, use crushed Anzac crackers. And I'm like, we don't have this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess, yeah, hearing that, they're just super common. Like a a wafer would be, right? Vanilla wafer or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically common like that. Um, But, yeah, it was a win. So what did you make? I made brown sugar delights from the 1940 Friendship League of the Swedish Tabernacle Church cookbook. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. <laughs> um, I was really worried about these cookies, um, but they did turn out to be a delight. It, I was worried because it's one of those recipes where it's like mix well and bake in a moderate oven, and you're like, thanks. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing like a technical challenge. They said um, bake in a moderate oven? There is no temperature? Yeah, no temperature, no time. Um, and the recipe above it said bake in a moderate oven. And then in parentheses, it said 380 degrees. And I'm like, that's like borderline hot oven. Like, so, that seems a bit hot for it. Yeah. For cookies, right? Um, and I'm glad I didn't. I just did 350 um, because these turned out to be like thumbprint cookies, very kind of crumbly texture. Huh. Um, roll them into balls, smash them with a fork, and then put a pecan on each. But if it was any hotter, those pecans would have burned. Mm, they were they were nice and toasty but they were like the dark (laughs) they were getting there um but yeah it's just butter brown sugar one egg yolk and flour um I think it had a little too much flour it was two cups of flour to three quarters cup of of butter so I ended up with some flour like at the bottom of the bowl that wouldn't mix in Mm. but the cookies I rolled into balls um I mean they were you know, sometimes you make a ball, you're like, this is kind of dry. You have to like really squeeze it together. So I had to do that. So it made me think I'm going to mash it with the fork and that's going to make it crumble. And some of them did, but some of them held together. Most of them held together. 
Um, I took them to work and somebody emailed me and said, these were the best cookies I have ever eaten. <laughs> so wow. yeah, um, I wouldn't go that far to me. They're like, a, the texture is like a cross between like the peanut butter cookie that you also mash with the fork, you know, to make the crisscross lines um, and the thumbprint somewhere in there, but with a brown sugar flavor instead of a peanut butter flavor. Gotcha. I have never used a fork for my peanut butter cookies. I think I'm nope. making them wrong. No. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. They look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I just never thought to do it. I don't know why. Um, yeah. I Not to say that I'm sure these were good, but I'm like, you made such amazing cookies and these sound, these sound good, but I'm, I'm like, this person needs to come to your house and eat your other cookies because <laughs> if they think that's good, they'll be super impressed by your other stuff. Um, yeah that's how I felt like these if you brought these out like at tea time people would say oh these are a delight but they're not like <laughs> contest winning cookies <laughs> everyone has to say delight if they liked it that's the rule <laughs> that's the rule what are the, golden delight is that what they're called or brown um, sugar brown delight. sugar delights the whole phrase needs to be in there in order for it to be a real compliment <laughs> brown these are brown sugar delight okay yeah I don't like it when like the flour measurements are off like a specific pet peeve for baking that I have um but I'm glad you were able to make it work yeah I mean I just what wouldn't mix in I just stopped and scrapped it so it worked resulted resorted to violence is thinking of (laughs) when you were talking about like smash them and then mash them with a fork like these are good (laughs) these are good to make if you're having a bad day (laughs) these cookies are delightful That was the scariest voice you've ever made. <laughs> it was really hard. Because <laughs> you're so sweet at heart. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this batch of procrastinating. We hope we've provided some food for thought for your next procrastinating project. As always, the links and photos discussed in this episode can be found in our show notes. Procrastinate with us on Facebook and Instagram while you wait for our next episode to rise. We will release new episodes first and third Fridays on your favorite platform. Tune in for a fresh batch of Procrastinating featuring another book club segment as well as Procrastinating's take on rum babas and edible gym candy. Until next time, stay sweet. sweet. This has been Procrastinating. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a good review. You can also subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. You can also subscribe to our RSS feed directly from our website at ProcrastinatingPodcast.com. Also, feel free to follow us and give us your feedback on social media, on Instagram at, at ProcrastinatingPodcast, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash ProcrastinatingPodcast. Procrastinating is hosted and created by Rachel Rhodes and Luisa Gonzalez, produced and edited by Raul Ceballos, theme music by Alex Walker-Smith, and show artwork by Rob Demers. Thank you.